The only purpose of the Talking Space podcast is to educate and to inform. The views expressed in this program are the opinions, experiences, and conclusions of the guests. They do not represent the official policy or position of the Space Tweep Society as a whole, NASA, any other space agency, company, contractor, or affiliate. We choose to go to the moon. Gina Herlihy. I am going to be hosting the show this evening with the usual panel of suspects. Tonight, along with us, we have Gene McCulka. How you doing, Gene? Oh, good evening there, Gina. We're doing good today. And uh, Mark Ratterman, engineering the show for us this evening. I'm uh, running two keyboards and just about confused, but uh, hello, and I'm glad to be here. Excellent. And Sawyer, our editor. How you doing, Sawyer Rosenstein? I'm doing good, and hopefully I won't have to edit this out. Excellent. Okay, well, tonight we've got kind of a groundbreaking show. We've got a special guest, and we have a special guest panel, courtesy of an app called Talking, who Mark is testing this out for us tonight. So we have an audience panel, in addition to a guest speaker with us tonight. Our guest speaker is Neil Weiser. And you can follow Neil on Twitter at Neil Weiser or at Save NASA. Neil has founded Save NASA. It is a community outreach of rallying support to help our what seems to be right now after the State of the Union address or not address to the space community from the president to perhaps and hopefully not our fledgling space program right now, which is out there without a destination in space. And Neil is with us tonight, and he's going to talk about his efforts with Save NASA. Neil, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We um, couldn't be happier that it's a more timely occasion to have you as one of our guests this evening. Can you tell us a little bit about Save NASA, how you started it up, um, where you, what's your vision for it, and how you think it plays a role right now, considering our NASA administrator, Charlie Bolden, has come out and canceled our Constellation program, and um, NASA's won some more funding, but obviously um, the space program's going to go through some years of growing pain. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on your vision for Save NASA. Okay. Well, basically, uh, Save NASA came out of uh, almost as a direct result of a uh, tweet up that NASA had held at the Kennedy Space Center for the launch of uh, STS-129 back in November. Um, I was one of about 100 uh, people who uh, were invited to attend, and it was uh, really a wonderful geek fest, if I can uh, really be quite honest with you. I mean, uh, they they really rolled out the red carpets for us and uh, took us on tours and 
we met astronauts and all the fun stuff. And uh, of course, we got to cap it off with the uh, with the successful launch of the shuttle. But uh, literally, the evening I uh, arrived home, uh, after you know, while being on this euphoric high, all of a sudden there were uh, all these uh, rumors going around the, the uh, internet that NASA was asked to start evaluating a potential 10% budget cut. Uh, after that, I, I mean, that was just kind of, after the experience I just had. That was almost a, uh, kind of a slap in the face because you know here I got an opportunity to see what NASA really does firsthand. Got to meet some of the people uh, who do this, who do that work for them, and um, really saw how talented and how hard these people work and how much of a national asset the space program really is. And if you follow NASA at all, you're, you're very aware of the fact that it's ex- always been underfunded and uh, they're always struggling for budget. And to have them being asked to take at the time, which according to the rumors, would have been a, a almost a two close to a 1.8 billion dollar budget cut really would have put an end to the program. So uh, I'm a um, interactive uh, marketer, internet marketer, um, social media uh, specialist by training and uh, invocation, and I uh, decided to put uh, my uh, money more in my mouth is, so to speak. So uh, I launched uh, Save NASA pretty much uh, within a few minutes. And um, there's uh, Save NASA consists of a couple of different sites. Uh, one is a social networking site on the Ning platform. So if you go to uh, savenasa.ning.com, you can join in there. Uh, we also have a Facebook page at uh, Facebook slash uh, facebook.com slash savenasa. And, of course, we're on Twitter at uh, savenasa. So, Neil, based on um, the outcome of the, this past week's announcements, one by the President of the United States, who did not mention NASA specifically in the State of the Union. Or save NASA. Or, or save NASA. <laughs> Um, right, he didn't mention either, but he didn't mention any other programs specific either. What you think, wh- or where we're headed with, or not headed in space with Charlie Bolden's um, unveiling of the NASA budget and the lack of de- destination um, named in the NASA budget? Right. Uh, yeah, it's easier to actually talk about where we're not heading than where we actually are heading. And you know, when when I set up State NASA, the idea was to get everyone on board, to create a place where all the members of the different uh, aerospace, uh, sorry, space advocacy groups could join together and coordinate and use social media to coordinate and spread word and, and do things and help. The idea was to ensure that NASA has the money to accomplish the mission with which it is tasked. Now we're in kind of a unique period where NASA apparently is going to have the money, but now they don't have a mission. So it's really kind of a strange uh, predicament to be in. I mean, uh, I, don't, I, I hope most of you listeners know, um, I'm sure they all know uh, the, the announcements that came out. Then most, mostly what people are talking about is how the Constellation program has been canceled. Uh, it, but you really have to look into what they said and look into the budget uh, and what's happening to see that in, in a very real sense, this really is a, a boon for NASA. It's really a strong vote of confidence in a lot of different ways, but NASA exists to perform a task, and the task is space exploration, and, you know, with robotic missions, I'm sorry, they also do the aeronautics and aerospace research and things like that, I don't want to forget that, it's all very important stuff as well, but um, in the case of human spaceflight, that's now been taken away from the picture, and it's a very confusing message that, that was delivered earlier this week, because 
they said we're going to pay private companies to develop spacecraft to fly spacecrafts and do these things well with the exception of the fly spacecraft part this is what nasa has always done they've paid private uh, or public companies aerospace firms to develop spacecraft on contract and uh the only difference is that nasa conducted the operations so now you know aside from that there's really going to be no fundamental difference except they're cutting one program and they're shifting that money and, and other monies into these private companies, which is great for the private companies. And I, and I believe in you know capitalism, the free market system, and I think uh, some of them at least will be successful, but there's a lot of risks involved. And it doesn't help that the message being sent out by uh, NASA was actually very confusing and actually led to more questions than it did answers. And um, I, I think they've really got to uh, come up and, and answer those questions. The cancellation of Constellation, what do you guys think? I mean, over budget, under schedule, uh, was it really going to get us to Mars? Mark, Gene, Sawyer, what do you guys think? One thing that I keep questioning is, you know, canceling it. I'm not a big fan of it. And I'm not totally angry, but one thing that I don't understand what they say is that they're going to go over to privatize space and that everything privatized is going to be better and uh, it's going to cost less for NASA, obviously, and it's going to open up more jobs. I don't understand how it's going to open up more jobs. Do you think, Neil, that uh, getting rid of Constellation is getting rid of more jobs than the private space program will actually create? Yeah, it absolutely will, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, one of the benefits of private industry is that these companies have to make a profit or else they're going to be out of business. To do that, you have to be, especially with these type of companies, and if you take a look at um, Rutan's uh, uh, company, um, Scale Composites, I think the name is, the, the, the organization that launched, uh, that built and launched uh, Spaceship One and is now going to be doing that for um, uh, Virgin and Richard Branson. Uh, that was a very small company. They built a space plane with, what, 40, 50 people and 20-odd million dollars or 40-odd million dollars. I mean, the, what they accomplished was really remarkable, but it was a small, agile team that was able to do this. By virtue of the fact, maybe that they're part of a, that they're a government agency, and they work with the very these very massive uh, aerospace agencies, and what, of course what they do is very complex, and they're much further ahead than these private companies are. They have a very large infrastructure, some called bloated, but you know on the one hand that's that's a negative criticism. On the other hand, you're putting a lot of talented engineers and scientists to work. It, it, if you want to call it a job program, then so be it. But you know what? I'd rather have them. I'd rather have too many scientists working and building space shuttles and and doing this sort of work, than having these really incredibly smart and talented people out of work. At least you're being construct doing the, doing something constructive. Well, uh, Neil, to let you know, I'm sort of in your corner on this. I'm, you know, first I knew bloody well that constellation was uh, was in trouble, and it it kind of went the same way as the. Uh, space exploration initiative um, back in uh, the uh, early 90s time frame. You know, they both died, SEI and Constellation both died the same way. They just sort of imploded underneath underneath their own weight. However, we don't have a goal yet. And that's when maybe I'll get buy-in on this whole thing. I'm not really, you know, I mean, I'm afraid that, that NASA is basically going to be essentially become the R&D department for SpaceX and all these other companies. And that's really about it. And all these other companies are just simply going to leverage this and do whatever the heck they want to do. And a small company like that 
they're not going to be into they want to make a profit that's why businesses exist they want to make a profit so you know what is why would a small company want to execute exploration uh, so you know there, there's a lot going on here but again i need to see a goal in order for me to go ahead and get buy-in and we don't have one yet you know th- this is the problem i mean look if nasa becomes sort of an R&D department, as you suggested, and is trickling down technology to these uh, to these private companies. For the most part, I, I'm okay with that. Um, that it's serving a good purpose. Hopefully, these companies will create jobs, and hopefully, this technology will be used well. Um, but the main problem is that these companies will ferry supplies to the space station. They'll launch satellites, and for the most part, that's going to be it. I mean, I, I truly believe that. We will have a, a space tourism industry putting people into orbit for about a week within the next 10 to 15 years. Um, it'll probably be, if not the space station, a, a so some sort of modular system or something that, that is being experimented with. Um, I'm blanking on the name of the company, that uh, the Bigelow Aerospace, I think that's the name. They have inflatable modules that they're experimenting with that have a lot of promise. And that's great if you got you know a million dollars to spend for a vacation. But beyond that, there's no profit motive to go to the moon. There's no profit motive to go to an asteroid. And people are saying, oh, you know, asteroids are made of nickel and, you know, all these exotic metals and stuff like that. Yeah, good luck bringing it back. I mean, the the cost of bringing back a couple hundred pounds of moon rocks was how many hundreds of billions of dollars in the 60s? And now we're trying to, excuse me, we were, Constellation was trying to create a new program to do basically that all over again. And it was costing, going to cost another hundred billion dollars. You know, unless you come up with some, you know, unless you discover unobtainium or something, there's going to be no profit for going out there. You know, there's there's no mission for NASA. And, and you know, I'm actually looking at some, as we speak, some of these quotes that uh, NASA Administrator Bo- Bo- Charlie Bolden said uh, about the mission. And they were asked, what's NASA's mission? He says, anybody who talks about exploration beyond low Earth orbit, there are some places that just naturally come to mind. What's the first thing that he said? The moon. Hey. Weren't we just about to try to go there? And now it just seems such hypocrisy. And I don't mean to trash uh, Administrator Bolden or not, but, you know, you just canceled the moon program. So don't stand there the next day and say, hey, we could go to the moon. Yeah, you and I are on on the same page with that. I mean, I'm I'm very, very frightened to see. I'm afraid exploration itself is going to is going to get damaged in this whole thing. I mean, I know we're trying to privatize space. I know we're trying to get get, you know, you know, John Q. Bierkan into at least, you know, a suborbital thing or a low Earth orbit, you know, just just to have that experience. But I'm afraid exploration is, is going to get get damaged here. And that's what I'm, my main concern here. Um, well, you have to ident- clarify which exploration you're talking about. Robotic exploration, I think, will continue. Um, I, I think it's a lot cheaper than, than, than human exploration and can do a lot, go a lot farther and do a lot more. And I think um, there's enough bang for the buck there with the interest of the general public. Uh, but it's human spaceflight, or, or more specifically, American human spaceflight that's threatened here. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't think we're going to be seeing you know, footsteps on Mars anytime soon. I don't think we're going to be seeing Americans on the moon anytime soon uh, out, of this, out of this plan. And that, that that's my primary concern here. I think we're we're, we're I think explore, exploration itself is going to get stymied. Um, you, you mentioned you mentioned two you know jobs and job creation and all that. I'm kind of wondering what your take is on about five thousand very nervous people over at the Johnson Space Flight Center and about seven thousand very nervous people over at the Kennedy Space Center. 
that are probably going to be losing jobs here. Um, do you think these uh, fledgling companies are, are going to be, you know, sort of like waiting for the pink slips to start flowing so they can go ahead and start uh, start interviewing or, or, or what? Yeah, well, you have to remember that, they, that there's a lot of work that's be, that's done at these centers. Um, they're not going to close down, obviously. I mean, the Kennedy Space Center is the primary space port also for um, uh, satellite launches and, and such. Um, basically, it's the support staff, the people who operate and manage uh, the space shuttle program who are going to be losing their jobs. Um, I'm sure some of them will get snatched up uh, by these private companies. I think these companies are you know, already have relationships with a lot of these people, and it's going to be a great boon for them. I think some of these people hopefully will be, you know, most sufficiently motivated uh, enough to go do other things, um, whether it's in the space program or, or outside of it. And I think, you know, some of them will be successful, and I think it's going to be a wonderful thing. They'll Some of them will start companies or work at other companies. Uh, so in that context, you know, it's not that's not a bad thing. But, you know, change is very hard. Uh, with the economy the way it is, it's going to be very difficult on them, on their families. Um, you know, losing a job is, is a very traumatic thing, especially when you're working at a job that you really believe in that mission, like these people do. Mark, you've been at an Apollo launch. Um, you've seen what a large rocket uh, Saturn V was launched. I mean, what do you think about Constellation? Uh, are we? Is this the right move? Well, I think that there's a lot of a lot of different ways you you know get off the get off the dirt, and uh, you know there's a lot of development that went into some of the. Uh, you know some of the rocket engines, the technology of uh, of the Constellation program. Of course, uh, not a lot of hardware built, but uh, you know I'd like to see that used. You know I don't know if we're ready for another shuttle type vehicle. You know maybe we are, but it seems like unless there's a really safe way to get it up out of the atmosphere, that uh, that there's there's a lot of risk that right now NASA spends a lot of time for crew safety you know, once they get on orbit before they dock with the ISS to make sure that they're that they're there safely. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem, what's missing here this time, I mean, there was a good gap between Apollo and shuttle. What's missing this time is an overlap or an overlap of strategies and plans. I mean, John Young, our first commander of the space shuttle, found out Congress had passed a budget to design the space shuttle while he was standing on the moon. I mean, we just don't have any comparison with this time around that even comes close to at least having one plan overlap the other. So with that, Mark, why don't we open it up to our guest panel and hear some other thoughts. Here we go. Uh, first unmuted is uh, Flight 0001. Well, I was just um, wanted to make a comment, actually, just saying how what would happen if the people never traveled west in America. What would happen if Christopher Columbus decided not to explore? And I think it's just, it's part of humanity's instinct and desire to explore. And Constellation and everything, going back to the moon, was bringing back, I thought, the glory days of Apollo, and where people looked up into the sky and they had wonder and everyone was united together. And when they don't do something like that, it's just disappointing. And I hopefully, not just for me, but for the whole country but you know the whole world right i think um i think apollo was a very special time in our history and even though we were a divided country then i mean 1968 was a volatile year for america's history and 
this is what we accomplish and people got behind the space program. However, uh, not to age myself, but that was the year my parents were married and um, my parents went to visit the priest before getting married and basically stormed out of there because they were fans of the space program and had a horrible argument with this man who basically was saying, you know, even back then, there is no way that we should be spending a dime of this money to go to the moon. This is nonsense. I mean, I think that current still existed then, although it seemed like mainstream America embraced Apollo. It was patriotism. It was accomplishment. It was made them feel good about themselves as Americans with the horribleness of the Vietnam War around. And, you know, we've lost that somehow today, and I maintain, I think the media has a lot to do with that because we're more concerned about, you know, what Britney Spears wore to the Grammys instead of, you know, all the great stuff that comes out of NASA. Yeah, and, and, and just, just as a corollary, and I, I think, Gina, you, you, we both said this on occasion, we haven't spent a dime in space, okay? It's all been spent down here in jobs, in, in materials, in, in spin-off technologies, and so on. So I, I kind of laugh when it says, oh, we shouldn't be spending a dime up there. We haven't. We haven't spent one red cent up there. It's all been invested down here. You bring our next caller on, XI Neutrino. You're up. I have a slightly different view. Um, I think really what they're trying to do is that we're going to see a, a true joint venture, which is that NASA is not going to be out of the picture and it's not going to be just a R&D um, resource, so to speak. I don't think, and I agree with, with Neil and with an awful lot of other people, that uh, the private sector is going to essentially be uh, limited to LEO for a long time, and the only time they'll begin to go outside of that is after NASA has uh, done its exploration and found areas within our solar system that could be profitable, and then maybe we'll see the private sector going out there. But it's not three billion; it's 6.8 billion over a five-year period now that it's been added to the budget. Hopefully, that Congress will approve. And that's part of the reason I don't think we're hearing anything more about a goal, because until Congress has its budget fit, uh, NASA doesn't know whether or not it's really going to get the money the president has asked for or not. And so it's kind of hard to talk about realities until you've got the money in your hand. I think I have to agree with what you're saying there, because uh, you bring up a good point that they can't go on until NASA really does their exploration. They'll be stuck in LEO. But one big thing about that, in my opinion, is that uh, it's true that I think to start, NASA's going to be doing R&D, research and development, until they can get a new program up and running. But the one thing is, is that, I mean, they have to get a program first before they can move on to the moon or other places, and then privatized space can follow. So I agree with what you're saying. It's just NASA has to actually come up with a plausible means of getting there before that can actually happen. Right. What do you think, Neil? Uh, you know, absolutely. I think uh, I think the caller made some very good points, and and I I do believe that's what NASA is trying to do. I mean, I, I've I've worked at and consulted for several companies that have gone through transitional phases and restructuring, and this is really what's happening with NASA. If you want to look at it from a corporate perspective, um, they have to change the way they operate. They need to be leaner and meaner and more efficient. But there's a couple of problems with the way this is being conducted. First of all, um, 
there's no overriding vision with what's with what's happening. Now, I understand that that's going to come, but being this is a government agency, you need to have the support of the people to, you know, and the support of Congress to, to approve your, you know, your funding uh, to accomplish these things. And, and that while there's certainly a large number of, of congressmen and women who, uh, who certainly support NASA quite aggressively, and I hope they continue to do so, um, you know, you, you need something to do. You need some place to go. What NASA is trans, trying to transition into is is they're trying to trickle down, and I hate using that word, but they're trying to trickle down the technology and give it to private industry, and that'll create jobs and, and new things will happen. And all that stuff is great. But you, we're not going to have anything beyond low Earth orbit uh, because none of these craft that are being designed are going to be capable of doing that regardless of what uh, uh, SpaceX says and, and things like that. Flying to Earth orbit is one thing, but having a uh, spacecraft capable of going to the moon or to an asteroid is going to take significantly more than, than what's, uh, what's going to be uh, what's being designed and built. Second thing is that uh, from a national prestige point of view, and this is a biggie because you have to remember – People all over the world, you know, when, you, when, when the United States landed on the moon, people all over the world didn't say America landed on the moon. They said we landed on the moon. We were for a very brief period of time, even though we were still shooting people's heads off in Vietnam and such. But for a very brief period of time, we were one world. And there have been very few times in, in my lifetime that I've ever – I mean I was too young to witness that but firsthand, but to, to, there were very few times in my lifetime that I've felt that sort of camaraderie you know, with, with the world and that, that we really were the leaders. And that's one of the things that the world looks at us and is just in awe of what we can accomplish and have accomplished. And now really what we've done is – we're farming out human space, American human spaceflight or human participation in spaceflight to the Russians because a, a large portion of the training for the astronauts who will be flying to the ISS, and yes, we will still always have somebody in space during this period, hopefully, but that training goes on in Russia. They fly on a Russian spacecraft. And we've outsourced that to a country which really is not looking out for our best interests, to say the least. So we really need to, to have a goal, and we need, need to and, and we're losing a capability um, literally to get into space for whatever reason. I mean, if something's going on, nothing can match the payload capacity of the space shuttle, uh, and we're losing that sort of capability and flexibility. And what is that saying to us as a nation? By the way, we're actually getting a couple of questions in here coming in from Twitter. So Gene, uh, I know there's one that you wanted to address, so go right ahead. Yeah, Neil, I have a question here from uh, Catherine Q. It's about Save NASA. She's asking if uh, the aim of Save NASA is to oppose the recent changes in the funding, recent, recent reconstellation, for a possible congressional rethink, or is it to promote uh, any new ideas? Uh, that's actually something that uh, has to be taken into consideration. Again, when that Save NASA was first launched, it had a bit of a – the environment was different. It had a bit of a different mission, so it's something that's going to have to be considered. And it was never my intention to advocate one program over another. Again, the idea behind Save NASA was to get everyone together and coordinated uh, – to provide, provide a tool for them to coordinate so that they can be more effective in their – 
dare I say, lobbying of Congress or, or, or whatever, um, just to be more effective, get that message out there that these things need to need to be done. Um, I, I really don't want to advocate one program over the next. I, I, I understand the problems with the Constellation program. I am perfectly aware of, of the cost overruns, of the technology difficulties, but this is part of the game. And if you want to be in the game, you have to accept these things as happening. But one thing I do want to add is that while certainly cost controls and project management and, and the way these programs are being sold to Congress, which let me tell you is part of the problem because they're not, I don't believe that they're being, I don't want to say they're not being honest, but I think they're being a little bit disingenuous with the complexity of some of these programs and trying to sell to Congress. But, but the way these things are, are, are happening is not effective. If you want to have a space program, these things, you know, it's rocket science. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to cost money. You're going to have failures, but it's part of the game. But when you look at the big picture, how much are we really spending on these programs? Again, in light of everything else that's going on, it's a drop and it's a small drop in a drop in the bucket. You know, the cynics say, well, maybe you'll get a moon rock out of it. But again, you know, when you look at all the spinoff technologies and everything that's happening, I mean, the very technologies that we're using right now, this very second, to have this chat would not exist, at least not in their present, certainly not in their present state, had it not been for agencies like NASA. I mean, you had to miniaturize these chips to put them on top of a missile. I mean, certainly that had a military application as well, but, you know, that's just an application. We have a comment from John M. Knight. Uh, who says that space needs better marketing. And I agree with him, almost like what we were just saying. And as we've said many times before, it's that NASA needs to get the word out a little better of everything, including all of those spin-offs, like you were mentioning, the technology even that we're using for this chat, which is great for everyone else, but it's great for us that enjoy space. But for everyone else, they're not going to realize that. So I think he's right on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, as as a marketer myself, I I, I actually um, uh, do some advising for NASA on how they're using uh, social media. And in a meeting with them back in October and November, I, with their um, public affairs office, I actually said to them that you might want to start thinking about this more as, from a marketer's perspective as opposed to a uh, PR perspective, which is really what the POA is. It's the public relations arm of NASA, and they do a great job. But you know. Using some marketing tactics and, and, and looking at things from a marketing perspective, um, it's a little bit different. You know, when you're in public relations, you're pushing information out to the public, which is one thing. But when you're marketing, you're trying to convert your customers to, to, in, for whatever goals you have. And obviously, it's buying a product or service or whatever. But from that perspective, when you're marketing to the public that this is an important program, I mean, it sends a different message. The way the message is being conveyed is different, and your results will be different because of that. I, I agree with him 100%. It, it's got to really be marketed. Becca says uh, we've had problems with our chat, so you're up next, and here you go. You know, I have not been alive when we've been on the moon, and I've spent the last many years looking forward to that time when I get to watch NASA TV and see people on the moon. Personally, that's the saddest thing of all for me. I know maybe that's maybe that's a little bit selfish, but I was really looking forward that, to that part, and I'm not really sure what to look forward to now. I think we're all wondering what we're going to look forward to now. You know, I mean, the Mars rovers are cool, and obviously robotic spaceflight has really gotten us a lot of information, and I'm not saying that's not interesting to me, but... Like we've all said, there's a certain human element 
that you just can't take away. And without that, I don't think NASA is going to be able to capture public interest. Why not? Why don't you think NASA is able to capture this public interest? Do you think that they've got other challenges, or just uh, do you think the public has lost interest, period? Well, I don't think the public has lost interest, but I think that without just taking my workplace as an example, I work with uh, some people that, you know, they have kids and the kids might be interested in space and science and stuff like that, but they don't have a lot of time to, you know, with all the other chores of daily life, they don't have a lot of time to talk to their kids about this stuff. And saying to someone, hey, we're sending a robot to check out Pluto, well, that may be cool to you know, a lot of us, and maybe I don't want to generalize, but maybe a lot of a lot of us kind of space geeks, that's really cool to us. We understand the potential of that. To the general layperson who doesn't really know why it would be interesting to go to Pluto, it's a lot easier to capture their interest if we say, hey, we're going to pe- put people on the moon again. We are going to go back to the moon. We're going to go to Mars. I just think that the average person who is not necessarily a space geek can relate to people, humans, going somewhere a lot better than they can relating to a robot going somewhere. And I think that without NASA doing something about that, without NASA sending humans somewhere, there's going to be a large amount of the general population that just, you know, they can't really relate. You know, I mean, the last thing that any of us want is is a failure, which gets splattered all over the news. And of course, the the tra- the, tra- the tragic toll that can uh, pr- be part of that as well. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's it's almost like I said, it's almost a tribute to their success. It's just how NASA, getting back to the previous uh, caller's comment or tweeter's comment about how it's, the story is being spun, how it's being marketed. One of the things that I sort of recommended to them, which they do do to a certain point is take a look uh, at the example set by a television show. You have uh, what are called sweeps periods in TV where you have the uh, TV show's uh, big climactic events or whatever going on during specific periods, and that's in order to drive ratings so they can drive ad revenue. In this particular case, I mean, you know, create more of a human story. Tell the tell a little bit more about the human story about what these people went through to become astronauts, to get on these missions, because, you know, and... NASA's finally starting to do that, especially with the ability uh, with with some several astronauts now on Twitter and being able to for for anybody on Twitter to chat with these people on occasion is really quite exciting. When you wrap these things up and create a little bit more of an event around it, especially with what's happening now that we're counting down the last five shuttle flights, you know, I said to them, you know, when you look at what's being said in the blogosphere about all this stuff. It's almost like we're preparing for a funeral or a wake already. You know what? This should be a national celebration of what this country accomplished. Um, about 10 years ago, I actually had visited the Kennedy Space Center. Um, my first was there, and it was around the time when John Glenn went up on his second flight, and we were brought out to an observation tower about a couple miles from the pads. And it was one of the rare occasions where there were two shuttles on the pad at the same time, or the two pads at the same time. And I said to my wife that, you know, take a look at this. It looks like a spaceport, like out of a movie. You have multiple spacecraft out there that are waiting to launch. I said, this is the future. Okay. Carissa, do you have any questions or would like to add something to the conversation? Um, well, <laughs> I guess I'm going to continue with the not quite a question but a comment thing. Um, a lot about the Constellation program, kind of building off what Becca was saying, um, when I 
you know, when I was down there for the tweet up in November, I hadn't known too like I knew a general amount of information about the program. And when I was down there in November, you know, I got to go and I got to see uh, the Aries launch pad and I got to see the, you know, the stuff they had built to accommodate the rocket. And then I got to see the mobile launch platform that they were building. And like, I got to see a lot of the stuff that was in progress for this program. And, you know, it got me really excited about it. So when I hear that this budget came out and it's going to cancel this program, and, you know, it was kind of a kind of a slap in the face because I was like, you know, I was just learning about this and I'm just getting really getting into it and now it's going to be ripped out from underneath us. And then, you know, I was talking to all the tweets and everything, you know, like we do because we are our support system. And uh, it's kind of, it's half sad and then it's half awesome because there are going to be so many more doors opened for uh like so privatized space flight i guess and they're going to be seeing a lot more opportunities that they wouldn't have seen otherwise so it's kind of cool for the little guys for once i think i'm going to be looking for uh john m knight on one of our talk calls so be unmute and see who this is go ahead please you were just unmuted i can guess henry yes loud and clear no, I think this uh, is a period for uh, cautious optimism. Without a specific mandate and requirement for manned spaceflight, um, we're still several years out from private companies being able to, to handle this situation. And I think eventually um, it would be a great thing for that to happen. But without a clear mission for NASA to continue and maintain its capabilities, I really um, struggle to believe that we're going to be able to maintain a leadership position in here, which I believe is a requirement for our country. So I'll take any feedback or comments offline. I think you're absolutely right. I, and uh, looking at your tweet, you're saying you know, we're not ready to hand 100% over to private to private industry. You're absolutely right. And that's uh, and really what it boils down to is do we need to have a manned space flight capability in this country during this period where the private industry is ramping up? And I believe we do for for so many reasons, um, not the least of which is is the inspiration, and probably in many ways, perhaps one of the most important is the inspiration that it will will give to people. If we are sitting here waiting for private industry to, to fill this gap, what's going to happen if these companies decide they don't want to be in the space business anymore for whatever reason? What if they decide that the profit margin is not sufficient for the effort? Then all of a sudden, the companies that these, you know, that that we thought we were going to have building a spaceship for us are just going to be gone. You know, there there is no mission, there is nothing there to fill in the gap right now, and I think it puts this country in in a very precarious situation. This is Doc Teacher Jan. The comment I have, I'm just mostly worried about the length of time between the shuttle and the next program, whatever it is. I'm not a science-based person. I'm a people-based person, and and the public has a short attention span. And like Neil said, you know, we people have to be interested if NASA's going to get funding. And I think we just need to have NASA needs to have better PR. I think we need to keep sharing our enthusiasm. I think the kids coming up. When I was a kid, um, Sputnik was going up, and that was a big thing. And and you know, then you got older, and I got to watch the men land on the moon. And, and that gave me the excitement. What do our children have? What are they looking at? Um, uh, and so far as the human space exploration thing, uh, I trust Charlie Bolden. His speech at the press club was, was really optimistic. Uh, I liked his comment. He says space exploration is in our DNA. 
And I think, um, you know, we talk about privatization. It was private companies that, that built the, the shuttle. I mean, it, you know, they did it through NASA, through NASA administration. But it, this is what I think is going to keep us going and is having this push. You know, now we have people that are saying, oh, well, maybe we can get some other minds and some other people and people that think in a different way. And maybe it'll be a good thing. You know, I, I, I'm an optimistic person. I, I think you made some great points there, Jen. But, you know, my, my concerns um, are that, you know, especially when you're talking about, like, inspiration you know, for children and things like that. You know, when when we planted a flag on the moon, very inspirational, obviously, for Americans. Um, and it really set us apart from the rest of the world. And we were the envy of the world. But when the Chinese plant their flag on the moon, in many ways, it's going to be a very scary moment. Or when a, you know, like the first space tourist, as I mentioned earlier, goes hurtling around the moon for his $100 million vacation, and his spacesuit is plastered with enough corporate logos on it that he looks like a NASCAR driver, I just don't see myself getting as excited about it. But you have the men, you have, we have people up on the International Space Station, and we're excited about it, and that's not just, you know, it's not just our country. It excites me that different countries can work together. And we Absolutely. see it as a an international thing, and Absolutely. I think the same thing can happen with with, with uh, you know people on the on the moon on uh, colonies on the moon. Right. Absolutely. But we went to the moon. Aside from the fact, let's let's you know get the cynical stuff out there. You know, it was about rockets and who had the biggest <laughs> rocket and stuff like that in the Cold War. Okay, let's forget that. The reason that we really that that we went to the moon was for all of humanity. It was for science. It was to challenge ourselves as a nation. I mean, these are important things. When someone goes into space for those reasons, I can be behind that. And when people want to buy a ticket and fly into space, you know, that's great for them. But don't expect me to get excited about it. You know, you're sending very different messages because when you're looking for an obtainium, you're doing that out of greed. You know, let's let's be perfectly honest here. It's there. You're doing what they're doing. SpaceX and all these companies, I know these people are very dedicated to their missions. And believe me, if I could work for SpaceX, I would jump at it. But these, it's a business, and these people are being motivated to make money. And that's a very different thing than being motivated for altruistic reasons. Our space program didn't advance because of altruism. It advanced because we were afraid of the Russians. Uh, when the Sputnik went up, our country just went crazy. I mean, it was we were so afraid that they were going to get ahead of us in the space race. And then when Yuri Gagarin went up before one of our people went up, it was just, that's what got them going, not the fact that they were altruistic about it. Right, but do you think well, that we could have that same incentive now with the uh, when it comes to the future of space? Because I almost have this feeling that in the future, as we start to see China become a new world superpower, I think that's going to open up something completely brand new. And as they become more of a world superpower, they'll start heading into space as well. And I think maybe that'll restart something. We're very competitive people. America was feeling pretty good about themselves in the 1960s. But we had some other conflicts with Russia. I mean, the Bay of Pigs, um, you know, Khrushchev versus Kennedy. It got very personal, very fast. And I think, you know, it was just America versus Russia, the bear versus the eagle. And it was very easy to use 
space as a way to um, prove your supremacy over the other nation. And, um, you know, Kennedy went forward with that, and Americans were rallying after him. And I, I just don't see how America is going to get that excited about China. Uh, we have another question from uh, the Twitter audience here. Uh, this is this is one uh, from Negative Return. The question is, is SAVE NASA primarily concerned with human spaceflight? Are other NASA projects as important to, uh, to SAVE NASA? Well, SAVE NASA is concerned with, with all space activities, uh, to be honest with you. It's just uh, because of what's been going on recently, there's been an emphasis um, to help um, preserve uh Human space flight, I guess, or American space flight. You know, if you want to be uh, sort of focused on that. Um, but, but as I mentioned uh, at other points during the podcast, um, I, you know, I really don't want to promote any specific program. Um, the idea is that you know to be all inclusive and give people the tools to coordinate and and uh, support the programs that they think are most important and most interesting. Um, I personally would love to see the shuttle program continue at least for another. A uh, year or two, I, I would love to see the Constellation program uh, get up and running. Um, I, I think, you know, when all things being said and done, uh, I, I think we're going to still wind up with something like the Constellation program. Um, but but Save NASA is really dedicated to the space program as a whole. Um, you know, today today it's a question about Ameri uh, American human spaceflight. Tomorrow it'll be, you know, should we be canceling the next Mars rover? You know, it's 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 all part of the same part and parcel of the same thing, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Any other questions from anyone, or any other comments? Uh, I'm just looking at some of these comments that people are making on Twitter, and I just want to read a, a couple of them really quick because they're they're making really great points. And uh, John McKnight, um, you know, we went to we went to the moon because of the Cold War, but we did it right the right way peacefully. Um, I think he was quoting Neil Armstrong there. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to read that. It's not parsed. Yes, yeah, OMG, it's awesome. Okay, uh, he said we went to the moon because we're at war, and I understand Cold War with with Russia. If it wasn't for exploration, I doubt we would have made it in that time frame. You know, there were some. There have been really some great comments on Twitter. Unfortunately, we couldn't cover them all. Um, I, I just want to sort of say one thing. Uh, you know about all my comments and just sort of qualify for my perspective is sort of mirrors what Buzz Aldrin said when he had come back uh, from the moon landing on Apollo 11 and um, he I, I, he was with Neil Armstrong at some event and they were being you know showered with praise and everything and, and justly deserved but he made a comment he leaned over to Neil Armstrong and he made a comment and he said Neil we missed it you know, all the all the excitement and everything, all the great stuff was happening back here when we were walking around on the moon. And, you know, I, I think uh, didn't say I forbade him, but, you know, you get my point. And I think that's that's the important thing is that, you know, what we learn in space. And like you said, no one spends money in space is all spent down here. I mean, this is the reason why we go. We do it to challenge ourselves. We do it to learn about our place in the universe. We do it to, and if people say the International Space Station is not benefiting anyone, it was just announced uh, this past week that a major breakthrough uh, in fighting AIDS was uh, just discovered because of some sort of crystal they developed on the space station. This is why these things are there. Just, I mean, it's great to have pretty pictures of someone floating in space, but in my view, the real impact is how it affects us here on Earth, and this is why we do it. Neil, can you give us just a very quick synopsis of where you want to take Save NASA um, over maybe a six-month, one-year horizon? 
Sure. Um, really, what I'm hoping is, as I stated previously, I'm just uh, trying to get the word out, and I'm actually going to be um, reaching out to many of the other space advocacy groups. Um, I just want to provide a tool for everyone to, for, for the common go goal of, of promoting you know, NASA's space exploration. And um, as I said, I don't want to specifically endorse it. Personally, I don't want to specifically endorse a specific, specific project. I want that to be up to the members and they can use the tools that the site provides uh, to coordinate, to gather, uh, even between launches, just to be in an environment with like-minded people to discuss space exploration, uh, but mostly to, to coordinate. I just want to thank everyone tonight for uh, great questions, great commentary, a lively discussion. Um, panelists that joined us from talking, our questions from Twitter, and of course uh, our very special guest tonight, Neil Weiser, which you can follow on Twitter at Neil Weiser or at Save NASA. Again, uh, thank, thanking Neil and the panel. Uh, Mark, thanks so much for the engineering job you've done tonight. My pleasure. Thank you. Sorry it didn't go smoother, but I'm glad we got uh, everything we did. I enjoyed it. Great. And, uh, Gene, thanks so much for uh, pulling all this together. Hey, thank you. And, um, uh, Neil, thanks for being here with us tonight. And everybody that was uh, participating, uh, thank you so much. You guys were wonderful, wonderful this evening. Um, also, before I break really quick, a huge thank you to uh, the folks over at Astronomy FM who gave us a very, very neat plug last night. Uh, they were very, very complimentary to us. So I just wanted to say uh, thank you very much. Hey, guys, this is Neil. I just want to say thank you. I, I, I said thank you before, but I think I lost you. I want to say thank you once again for having me on. I've really enjoyed the uh, conversation. I hope we can do it again sometime. You bet, Neil. And Sawyer, thank you for all your hard work that you do for us to record and edit this uh, to a wrapped-up little neat package by the time it's online. Oh, not a problem, and I try to do it as quickly as possible. And uh, for me, it's fun. If it involves space, it involves dedication to getting the word about space out to the public, I'll do anything except maybe <laughs> jump off a bridge. <laughs> That's the limit. And I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, thanks so much, our talking panel, our regular talking space panel, and Neil Weiser once again. Um, you can follow Neil Weiser's website at Neil. Tell us what it is again. Save NASA. It's uh, savenasa.ning.com. And I'd encourage anyone to go there, set up a profile of yourself, show your support, you know, continue to make the outreach. Uh, more, more people that pop up in more of these places, the larger the movement will grow. So with that, I'm just going to say good night, everyone. Thanks for joining us on Twitter and Twalking and a Talking Space. And, of course, have a great day, night, evening, or whatever it may be where you are. <laughs>